When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If I had to describe my guest today in one word, that word would be versatile. You always hear about creative people described as triple threats. Well, Zora Bikangaga is more like a quintuple threat. Not only has he performed or written on shows like Drunk History, Raven's Home, and The Late Late Show with James Corden, this dude was featured on This American Life. He wrote, produced, and starred in his own pilot. He's a master of all forms of improv. He was on a sketch team at the Upright Citizens Brigade. And he is on the completely bonkers freestyle rap podcast Dope Town 3000. So why am I still yammering about? Let's go. Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> my uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> As you just said, you're not a prostitute. What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue collar guys. Somebody screwed through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. Some salsa and some sour cream some guacamole. Who doesn't love that? It's breakfast time. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. So we've known each other for, gosh, about a decade now, probably, right? Um, Yeah. Doing comedy in various forms, whether it's sketch comedy, improv comedy. We were both in a pilot together that you created. Yeah. A lot of different things, right? That's true, yeah. It's been a decade. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to... You're working on Raven's Home right now, yeah. As a writer, mm-hmm. how's that been? It's been um, it's been a lot of fun. It's been very busy, and we have an order of 26 episodes this season. So it's been kind of like a long trek through, um, you know, just creating this multicam half hour comedy in front of a live audience. And so that's we've been, a lot of episodes. It's a lot of episodes, yeah. A lot of networks don't do that order anymore. I mean, it's kind of like a traditional, like it's still a big order for like a traditional sitcom of like the '90s, you know. But was it's, that the original order? Or did they have like thirteen, and then they're like, okay, we're just gonna keep going more. Yeah, normally for a show, you get ordered thirteen episodes, and then they sort of they order like a, a what they call like a back eight, which sends you into twenty one, and then they'll, you know, order like an extra five is kind of like how it happens. But if it's a super established show like Modern Family, they just kind of get like 22 episodes, sort of like this is our huge kind of behemoth comedy, and so we're going to keep going with that. But Raven's Home in particular, the first season did 13 episodes, um, and then the second season did 21, and then now we're doing 26. Okay. Okay. so that's what Zora is doing currently. Yeah. Zora Bikangaga. 
who I've already introduced, but your yeah. last name's so cool. I just like to say it at any opportunity. Yeah, Gaga. Yeah, there you go. It, and it's if you see it, it's not that intimidating. I mean, it's it's completely phonetic. And if you can say Lady Gaga, you can say Bikan Gaga. The same amount of syllables. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so Young Zora. This is Adult Zora. Where did Young Zora start out, uh, comedy wise? How young? Yeah, how young? Uh, so I I th- I started out doing what I'm doing now. I think kind of in high school and college. Uh, I did, like, a play in high school. I was sort of, like, labeled an athlete. I was decent, like, at basketball. But, you know, I was always interested in, like, plays. So I did, like, this version of Les Miserables with, like, no music and played a guard. had, like, three lines. How, how tall were you in it. high school? How tall were you in high school? Uh, I was, by the time I was a senior, I was 6'6". Six, six. Okay. And you, are you 6'6 six, six still? You mm-hmm. six, seven? Okay. Yeah, I'm about 6'6". Six, six, so. I always tell people you're 7 feet tall, just so I can say my friend Zora, he's 7 feet tall. Yeah. And so I can feel that I'm, so I can, it looks like I'm 6'3". Sure, yeah. Okay, if, I'm 5'9". If I'm, if I'm 7 feet tall, then that definitely Look at me next to the 7-footer, guys. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't know that it was to up your game, but... Uh, well, I, I, look, <laughs> I have so little games, or I need to take every opportunity to hand up my game. That's called it's called the Zora bump. Thank if you. you. If the you Zora stand bump. Stand next to me. It's like I don't make you feel short. I just make you think like, oh, well, maybe I'm seven foot and this person is six feet. That's right. Well, you know what? I didn't know that was a thing, but it totally makes sense. Yeah. The Zora bump. Yeah. So high school, you did one play. Uh, was that the play that made you think like I got to do this? Or was it um, something else? It was one of those things where, like, I auditioned where I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'll audition, like, I'll audition for this play. And then not really putting much thought into it, but sort of, like, maybe assuming, like, oh, well, maybe I'll get a bigger part. And then I had, like, three lines and I played a guard. And this kid who I was, like, sort of friends with and knew uh, played Javert. And he had, like, a really big part. And I just would – I remember thinking at the time, like, oh, like, that kid – Played Javert. Like, I could have played Javert. I could have been, you know, uh, sort of a, a race blind casting of Javert. So, I, yeah, like, I was kind of like, oh, this was fun. And I kind of wish I had had more lines because I had a lot of fun, like, on stage. And so I ended up going to college and I went to this, you know, sort of like, kind of like a Christian school. You know, I didn't go to a Christian school when I was like in high school um, or middle school, but I ended up going to like this kind of like Christian affiliated college and they would have like these chapels. And I got somehow recruited or signed up to be on like the chapel drama team, which we did like these, these, basically they were like sketches about, you know, kind of like stories from the Bible, you know, but they were kind of like you know, dramatized in a funny way. So it was like and, humorous takes? Yeah, on... like humorous takes. And so for this particular, like the first one that we did was kind of like this, like narrated, um, you know, version of the creation story, you know, from Genesis. And I I played God and I came out with like this leather jacket and I had these cool sunglasses on and I, and I sat on this ladder and it just got – and as soon as – and people were reading the creation story, kind of like a reader's – I don't know what you call it, like reader's, reader's theater. Yeah, reader's theater kind of style. And we were sort of miming what they were saying kind of in this like drunk history type of way. And uh, so I, as soon as I walked out like in the leather jacket, 
you know, as God was announced, you know, God, God created, you know, blah, blah. It got like a huge laugh. And I was like, oh, this is, this is cool. That was it, and, huh? Yeah, it was it. And then it just, it got huge, huge laughs. And I was like, oh, this is super fun. And so we ended up doing more of that. And then, um, and then I pulled this prank, <laughs> which I won't get into too much, but um, I pretty much, I pulled this prank where I pretended to be an African student from Uganda for or five minutes and that turned into an entire semester. And it was sort of like a, an entire character that I played for a very long time. And uh, I, you know, I won't bury the lead. I told that story on This American Life, which you sure. can check out. Which is why we won't go into it too deep here, because you can listen to it on This American Life. Yeah, you can listen to it on This American Life. But um, yeah, that was this insane experience that I thought was going to last for five minutes. And it turned into an entire semester. But it was a character that I created. And it was a believable character. It was a character that, you know, was specific to my background. And, and that kind of grew as I deepened in relationships and friendships, you know, as this person. But at the end of all of that, even though there was like a lot of like fallout in my relationships, I was, I realized that it was something that I could do. I was like, oh, I can, this is fun. Like I can, I can act like this is, it was fun to play a character. Maybe I should do this. And then I thus after that minored in theater. I think that's one of the things that, um, and I didn't, when we met, I didn't know that you had done this thing. He had this background of like pulling like an elaborate prank, but you and I share that. We both love to do that. Yeah. I think we sense that in each other. You can tell the people that are like into that when you do it. And and like you said, you lost like some of your relationships were tainted a little bit after that, I guess. Right. Uh Well, then that's probably the people that that don't get your sense of humor. You know what I mean? Sure. There, there were people that were, that were like that, that, you know, and, and again, if you listen to the story, the full story, you know, there were people that I had genuine relationships with, but then there were people that were kind of condescending towards me. And so I kind mm-hmm. of like, I, I kind of screwed with them. Can, can I curse on this? Podcast? Uh, yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. I fucked with them. Um, was what I did in a way just if they said condescending things to me or, or maybe ignorant things to me. And those are the people that I didn't end up being friends with because mm-hmm. they didn't have a sense of humor about it. But there are people that I'm friends to to this day, including my roommate, who I was like in his wedding uh, as like a groomsman. And so, yeah, it, it, it significantly, I think, influenced what I ended up doing after that. And so I uh, ended up transferring out of that school, uh, finished my college studies in Seattle and ended up minoring in theater there, working as like a theater actor for like this traveling theater company uh, in Seattle and then moved to LA like a year later. Cool. And that's that's how I got into it. So we just had a uh, delightful meal at Steampunk Cafe. Yeah. In, uh, where is that? Studio City, maybe? North Hollywood? I think Somewhere it's in that area. North Hollywood? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a place I've gone to a lot. I got the, which is, they call their specialty, the stack, mm-hmm. which it really is a lot of stuff. It's, I got it with uh, some uh, sauteed kale and uh, onions because, uh, and that's the healthy part that I got. And then the rest of it's all, you know, not healthy, but delicious. Also, uh, I think there's was, there was a fried egg. There was also some uh, a couple chicken strips, yep. which is that weird to eat a, an egg before and after it's born. No, no, and I uh, ate both. 
You ate both, and none came before or after the other. That's right. You ate them at the same and time. And the, the chicken fingers had a little maple aioli on it, and there's also a waffle that comes with it. So it's almost like eating—and there's some bacon. So I, I usually split it up into two meals. I eat the kale and the egg and the chicken fingers together, and then I eat the waffle and the bacon as a separate, almost like a dessert at the Interesting. end. Interesting. I, would, I, I wouldn't I, know what to eat with the kale. Yeah, I don't know. I think the eggs mix is pretty good in with it, you know, like you get okay. the yolk in there. Sure. And then I got the, for a drink, I got a Mexican mocha, which I believe is almost like a regular mocha, but there's, the difference I notice in it mostly is it has like cinnamon in it, but it's mm. pretty tasty. Uh, and w- what did you have? I had avocado toast mm-hmm. with two fried eggs on top. Nice. Over medium. And how Although, was that for you? It was good. I would say, I wouldn't say that it was the best avocado toast that I've had ever, mm-hmm. but I say like it's hard to mess up avocado toast. Yeah. So I also appreciated that there was paprika. Yeah. There was on, a lot of paprika on it. There was, was a like... lot of paprika, which, yeah, was super good. So I feel like I was I was pleased with my with It's my not just for deviled eggs. It's not just for deviled eggs. You can put paprika on rice with olive oil. That's true. That's like a that solid is pretty choice. tasty. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I I thought it was good. Will you talk about that in my other podcast, 101 Uses for Paprika? Yeah. Coming soon. Coming soon to Stitcher Premium. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, and yeah. uh, would you have anything to drink? I had coffee. I had an extra dark roast coffee, bottomless, which I appreciated. It was super good. Nice. Yeah, I like a dark Roast. Yeah, I like the food there. There's a lot of different options, whether you're looking to go vegan, vegetarian, or uh, meatitarian like me. Mm-hmm. I love it. I especially you know, recommend it for someone that's going to go in for a couple hours to get some writing done. There's a lot of really cool like local art in there that's very like bright art and mm-hmm. cool art and like poppy art mm-hmm. that, that stimulates me at least to, to get some stuff done while I'm there. And they also have plenty of plugins, which some places don't have. Yeah, yeah. It's it's cozy. They have they have a lot of art and they have like on their kind of like the wall that is kind of like the most visible. Um it, it's like this like hunter's green color. Uh-huh. Which is like a very inviting like warm color that I think invites people to sort of just chill there. Thanks for uh you know going to breakfast with me. That was great. Of course. You wrote a pilot called the HOA. You want to tell me a little bit about that experience? I think it's interesting. And uh, for our listeners, you know, it's an example of like something uh, that you start out with just like your own personal project and you don't know where it can end up going. Yeah. I So the HOA was based on this condominium building where I worked. It was like one of my survival jobs when I moved to Pasadena. And it was this really dysfunctional homeowners association that sort of ran this condominium building and I worked as the building manager and, you know, it was this crazy experience. And so as I was kind of out there auditioning for things uh, and kind of watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and inspired by the way they kind of grabbed the bull by the horns and, and kind of wrote their own thing, or at least Rob McElhaney, um kind of steered that ship, I, I believe is the story. But uh, at any rate, I was kind of like, oh, well, this is this could be a pilot that I write myself that I can write myself myself into and have like my friends play the parts or people that I know that are super funny. And so I 
wrote this pilot, like based on these people that I worked for. And, and the fact that the, the homeowners association was kind of this, like a small country in, in and of itself, you know, uh, and had these positions that were like warring against each other. And this like president that hated the vice president. And it just was all very funny to me. Well, and, and anybody you talk to, like, uh, I'm sure you've encountered this, like when we were going through the whole process, talking about the, you know, mm-hmm. going through the whole thing. Anytime you talk to somebody about like, oh, yeah, there's uh, my friends doing this pilot about a about an HOA. Anybody who's ever been in an HOA or mm-hmm. known someone in an HOA is always like, oh, I got some stories for you. Oh, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. It's just ripe with ideas, and it's just one of those things that's – when you say dysfunctional HOA, I mean most people would just say, yeah, that that's just part of the definition of HOA. It's, they're always dysfunctional. Yeah, they're always dysfunctional, and it's just this weird thing that is – it's like this little country within within itself and like it has like this governing body and like a constitution and all that and like meetings and 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 so yeah and and it's relatable to people that who's who've lived in a homeowners association so i so i wrote this pilot i had no idea how to write a television episode i think like the first draft was just all over the place uh structurally and then i end up i ended up getting like a scholarship to take um, these so UCLA has this thing called the Extension Writing Writers Program, where um, it's like this really great program that teaches television writing and and feature film writing, and and it's not necessarily connected to their graduate school or their undergrad, but it's just this like a professional program with like great instructors. So I got a, a scholarship to take like three classes. Uh, and I took their like television writing track, like their three television writing classes and, and learned how to like structure an episode and, you know, how to like outline and, and you know, just just how to just how to write an episode. So wrote the HOA um, and then I kind of made plans to shoot it myself. And, and mm-hmm. so I did a Kickstarter campaign and, and yeah. that's when I started reaching out to people that I knew through sketch comedy. Sure. You being one of them. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. And, you know, you were kind of like part of the initial stages of kind of like getting the Kickstarter campaign out there and getting people excited about um, doing the project and, like, having some table reads with right. uh, certain actors. And, and so through that, like, again, if you put something out in the world, you never know what's going to happen. So after I launched the Kickstarter campaign, someone who I think you played softball, I play softball with, her, softball yeah. with Anna. Was, was starting a production company with a person who was friends with Sherry O'Terry. So it was the loose connection of like, hey, maybe we can get Sherry O'Terry to to play a cameo role in this mm-hmm. this pilot and we can shoot it in my condominium building. And that was how it started. Sherry got the script, she loved it. She thought it was like a really cool world and, and she was like, well if I wanna if I'm gonna be in it, like I would like to sort of play a, a, a bigger part and, and help you sort of like rewrite it and um, really expand the role. And you were like, no, thanks. Yeah, uh, quite the opposite. <laughs> um, I was like, yes, please. And so, um, yeah, we we started this whole like relationship where in, you know, I won't get too much into the details of yeah. it, but it was a long process of of 
rewriting. Well, then you you know, uh, partially through other people you knew, and partially through uh, Sherry. I mean. Th- you end up being like a, a cast with a bunch of people that, that yeah. you recognize yeah. and and know and love, right? E- exactly. Mean. So you never know. Like so through through collaborating with you, through collaborating with somebody, just somebody that you knew mm-hmm. who knew somebody right. who knew somebody. Um, we were able to get Sherry involved. We rewrote, re- we rewrote the pilot. Uh, we she reached out to people that she knew. We ended up getting Horatio Sands to play like the the main role. Um, and, and Horatio was hilarious. Yeah. He great. was, he was hilarious in it. We got Paula Poundstone, um, legendary nineties comedian. Yeah. To be in it. Um, I knew her through, actually, I met her at a, at a groundlings class at an improv class cause she just takes yeah. improv for the hell of it. We got Riley Smith who Riley Smith, who he and I are often confused for each other. Uh, both well, <laughs> leading man, good looks. Well, you uh, know, uh, maybe if somebody is has a cataract. Look, if we both have scream masks on, sure, you sure. can't tell the difference. Uh, both, other than Riley's skinnier and and st- well, somehow he's still better looking than me when we're both wearing masks. Somehow he's still better looking. I don't so, know. Somehow, guy doesn't but, age either. He doesn't age, but you guys are both sports fans, so they're that's true. Uh, every every year when my. Uh, uh, my alma mater, Nebraska, loses to Iowa. He's just like giving it to me. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. So you, you guys have the same soul, kindred kindred spirits. So he, yeah. So we got him uh, through Sherry, and and it just kind of came together in this really cool way. And and we we got everyone to make this pilot for free. And you know, if you look at the pilot, it really looks like something that that is worthy to be on like a network. Sure. You know, as far as like the polish of it, the look of it. You know, um, and everyone did it for free because they were so excited to work with everyone who was involved. And from there, we ended up uh, submitting it to the New York Television Festival in 2015. Mm -hmm. It screened there. That was a fun weekend. It was super fun. Um, It got a great response. It didn't win any awards or anything, but it was great for exposure, and and it, it ended up... You know, getting sort of optioned by this this company, and and you know, it unfortunately you know kind of got caught in development hell, which a lot of projects sure. do. But it was this amazing experience where since then, you know, I have become really close with with Sherry, who ended up being someone who I consider a really good friend now and a, and a mentor, and and we just really clicked, you know, and and it, and it all came from just putting your stuff out there like you never know what what'll happen if if you put it out there and yeah. and was it the easiest process no um did i grow a lot from it uh, absolutely was it a ton of hard work 100% like i've never put so much grunt work into <laughs> a thing but it it just it it, it was it, the the benefits of it right. were just incredible. Well, and, and to me, like the, the big takeaway, and there's a bunch of takeaways. So the big sure. takeaway is like, uh, like you said, if you just write that first draft and you think like, eh, this doesn't work, and you don't keep pushing forward, yeah, none of this ever happens. Yeah, right? if you don't have the courage to be like, I'm going to show this to my friends, and get some momentum going, never happens. Yeah, right. So so for our Listeners out there that, you know, whether you're in college or high school, whatever, and you're starting, or maybe you're in L.A. and you're just starting to write stuff, uh, a big part of it is just not giving up and keep on working. 
Yeah, if you want, if you want to do it, and that's and that's kind of the biggest part of it is that like, yeah, like there 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 is luck and fortune and involved in these things, but it it just it's a lot of like just doing the work until those opportunities come about and, and, and putting yourself out there. And, and, and I used to hear that when I first moved here and I was kind of like, yeah, but you know, blah, blah, blah. And, but you know, what about so-and-so and this, but it, it really is, there's no, there's nothing more com- like I can't give a more complicated answer other than just putting in the work, you know, right. and, and putting yourself out there and, and just being willing to like grow and, and, fail until you succeed there's one there's one thing you have a project coming up called the wedding year yeah which is a movie that's coming out yeah uh and i was i guess super jealous you know when i when it's like you're working with keith david yeah right yeah. who played my dad uh that's uh, come on is that everything that i imagined that it was yeah it was it was amazing i mean i so it was it was such a cool so it's a feature film it's a movie a, a romantic comedy Starring Sarah Hyland and from Modern Family, from Modern Family, who plays Haley on Modern Family, and um, Tyler James Williams mm-hmm. um, from well, people know him as the kid from Everybody Hates Chris, right? But he's been in a ton of things since then, and I think most recently um, he was um, in uh, uh, God, what was that TV show that? was on ABC that it was like an action comedy I'm being terrible. Two Broke Girls. Yeah, yeah, Two Broke Girls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Two Broke Girls. Um but yeah, he's he's in a ton of stuff and he's like such That's a cool. Pro. And he also seems like a guy that might be a little intimidating. Uh-huh. Was he intimidating? Um he wasn't No, he was great. I mean, he was Yeah, like okay, so first of all, there were so many amazing people on there that have that that are so experienced, including Tyler, including Sarah, including um, Wanda Sykes, who played. Oh, is that my, all? My mom, Wanda Sykes. Yeah, Wanda Sykes. <laughs> um, although I had a I had an actual scene with Keith David, whereas Wanda Sykes played my my mother and grandmother, like in the world of of the movie, but we didn't necessarily have a, a scene together, but. Um, with Keith David, yeah, he was like super funny. He was, it it was one of those things where he wasn't like, you know, you show up to set and it's not like someone's on all the time. Like he's very much a professional actor. So like he shows up and he's like, okay, where do I got to stand this and that? And then, you know, when the camera's rolling, like he turns it on and he was just hilarious. Like every take, he was so funny. And, you know, we had a very short scene together, which I don't know is going to be in like the final product because it was kind of like an added scene but he was like so funny like he's the funniest and and the weird thing was i was looking at him and, and he almost he almost looks like my dad if you were to look at him from like you know his the back of his head it almost looks like my father so it's good casting on on their part but yeah it was it was amazing it, and, and same thing with wanda sykes like it, she she showed up she wasn't like sitting there doing bits but she showed up she's like okay where are my lines what do i gotta say How's the scene going to go? And then when the camera was rolling, she was on and she was Wanda Sykes and she was hysterical. And she actually plays the my grandmother in costume as well. So, like, it's a scene where, you know, Sarah's meeting um, Sarah's character. Mara's playing. Um, she's meeting her love interest, the, the family. 
basically, because okay. I, I play her love interest brother. And so she's meeting, like, our family and, and going from table to table, meeting the dad, meeting the mom, and then she gets to the grandmother's table, and it's Wanda Sykes, like, in costume, playing the grandmother and the mom. Oh, it's, that's It's fantastic. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, well, cool, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to that coming out. That's uh, later this year, maybe? Yeah, it's going to come out in late September, I believe, in theaters, and then... Um, from there, I, I, I'm not quite sure where, where it's going to land as far as, you know, um, the, the streaming, Mm -hmm. but it'll, it'll be on, on streaming, I believe somewhere, but I know that it drops in theaters in, uh, in September, late September. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, anything else coming out that you want to plug before we get out of here? I know um, you. Uh, I I'm a big fan of your, uh, and I've been on your podcast, Dope Town. Yeah, yeah. Is it Dope Town Five Thousand? Dope Town Three Thousand. Dope Town Three Thousand. And 000. I also want to c- clarify uh, Tyler James Williams' show that he was recently on. It was, it was Whiskey Cavalier. I, felt, oh, was, I remember Whiskey Cavalier. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Whiskey Ca- Cavalier okay. was the show. I just want to make sure that I, you know, properly. So it was not two. Look, I was sure it was two broke girls. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it was not two broke girls. Uh, no shade to two broke girls because um, you know. No shade. Oh no, I, I like that show. Yeah, it's a Whitney Cummings show. Yeah, yeah. Beth Beers. She's great. Mm-hmm. So, um, I yeah, I, I have a podcast called Dope Town Three Thousand. Um, it's on all of the podcasts uh, platforms: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all that stuff. Um, and yeah, we're we're out there in those streets, and we it's a it's a freestyle rap improv podcast where we turn people's stories into a hip hop musical similar to Hamilton, but it's improvised. Mm-hmm. And we and we we had the Brent Pope on there. That's right. I talked about uh, running with the bulls. So you yeah. can go back listen to Dope Town three thousand, the Brent Pope episode, or any of the episodes really, but specifically uh-huh. to feed my ego, guys. Just say that you listen to mine. I don't know. It was a great episode. Yeah, I, I liked it. It was about you running with the bulls. Yeah, for your honeymoon. on my honeymoon. Yeah. Um, one more question before we get out of here, Zora. One day there's going to be a movie titled something like the Zora Beacon Gaga story. Who would you like to play Zora Beacon Gaga? Me. <laughs> Somebody other than you. Um, because you look, obviously would be great at playing you. Yeah, yeah. You know, the only person that that I can think of, and this sounds maybe a little silly, uh, would be Nick Cannon. Nick Cannon. Nick I Cannon. Could, I could actually see that. Yeah. Zora, thanks for coming in, man. Of this course. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Glad to be here. If you would like to interact more with both myself and the show and see behind-the-scenes items such as pics of Zora Beacon Gaga and I having breakfast at Steampunk Cafe, there are several places you can go. You can follow the Breakfast Instagram account at Breakfast Podcast. And you can follow my personal Instagram and Twitter accounts at ScoopsPope. My website can be found at BrentPope.com. You can also follow my Facebook actor page. And before we get out of here, I want to talk to you about a very special sponsor of the show, the Who Would Win podcast. Who Would Win is a geek and comedy podcast Every week, that debates a fictional battle between heroes and villains from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. Hosted by James Gavsey and his Robin, Ray Stacanus. Who would win? You could have any kind of battle. You might have Thanos versus Goku. That was the actual show. You could listen to that. You could have Michael Myers from Halloween versus Scooby-Doo. That was an actual show, and they're both amazing. Now... Are all these just words because they're my sponsor? No. In fact, not only do I recommend the Who Would Win podcast for all my nerd and geek battle needs, I've actually appeared on the show as a guest moderator not one, not two, but three times. And I'm so excited to announce that I will be a guest host in the live version of Who Would Win 
Saturday, August 31st at the Long Beach Comic Con. What? That's right. So listen to Who Would Win at all the places where podcasts can be found and buy tickets for the live show at the Long Beach Comic Con Saturday, August 1st. More details on the time of the show to come very soon on my social media. Thank you so much for listening. I've been your host, Brent Pope, and that's another episode of Brentvist in the old to-go bag. See ya.